What's up, Granny Fannies? Welcome to episode number 23 of Granny Shot, your not-so-serious all-things-NBA pod. I'm Ryan Carroll, and today we are going to be discussing the first-play 76ers, as well as making our early-season MVP picks. But before we dive into that, and before I say hello to my beautiful co-hosts, Delco and Don, let's kick it off, as we always do, with our Granny Quiz Question of the Week. The question, as always, is themed around today's topic. The question is... Giannis, also known as the Greek Freak, is the reigning back-to-back MVP and was the fourth international player to receive the prestigious award. Several international players, including Nikola Jokic, Joel Embiid, and Luka Doncic, have a strong case to add their name to that list this year. Who were the other three international MVPs? As always, we'll reveal the answers at the end of the episode. Yo, Delco, Don, happy Valentine's Day, or should I say happy Palentine's Day, fellas? Happy Palentine's Day, and I want to send a big sloppy wet kiss, granny kiss to all the granny fannies out there on this special day, right on the forehead. Beautiful. That sounds nice. All my All my pals here, all my beautiful pals, I should say, as Ryan likes to put it, happy Palentine's Day. I'm excited to talk about some basketball. This is the dream Valentine's Day. No place I'd rather be. Don't get used to that sort of talk. It's a special Valentine's Day comment from me, Don. But yeah, to your point, Delco, got Valentine's Day in the morning and Valentine's Day in the evening. What what better way to spend February 14th? I can think of a couple, but... All right. Well, let's uh, let's talk about uh, what we're going to be getting into today. And we're going to be talking about Joel Embiid and the Sixers, as well as our early season MVP votes. Um, But first, a couple call outs from the past week. There's a lot of hot teams out there. Uh, The Lakers, as we know, it's not really a huge call out. This is kind of expected from them, but they've won seven in a row. You've got the Suns, who seem to be finding their footing with the new faces out there in Phoenix. They've won five in a row. The Mavs have won four in a row. Maybe people start to think they've started to figure it out. And then you've got the Jazz, who are still super hot, red hot. They've won 18 out of 19. They're not just winning. They're winning by a lot. I think they've only had two of those games out of the 18 have been by single digits, and they're winning by about 15 points per game in that run. But yeah, guys, I don't know if you want to bring anything up from from the past week and some of those hot teams in the West. Yeah, I mean, to, to Don's point last week, just imagine how much better the Jazz could be if they replaced Gobert with Jared Allen, right? <laughs> <laughs> they'd, have, they'd have the exact same record. They'd, they'd have won 18 of 19 with Jared Allen? Yep. Wow. Okay. So, I, I mean, do you, we'll, we'll learn about a lot about the Jazz this week. They've got the 76ers coming up, who we're about to jump right into here. And then they've got the Clippers in back-to-back games. So, they've got a tough schedule this week. If they can win all three of those, I think we'll start to hear a lot of talk about the Jazz as opposed to just this, hey, the Jazz are hot, but they're not really contenders kind of talk that seems to be going around right now. But we'll, I think we'll learn a lot this week. Well, the question becomes, how good will they be against superstars? I still, I'm still worried. I mean, I think they're a fantastic team, but in a seven-game series against LeBron James or a healthy Paul George and Kawhi, what Jazz team shows up? It's just like this is a typical team that we all know like throughout history. There are, there are those teams that perform so well during the season 
they get to the playoffs and they just don't have a superstar. And that's also where does Donovan Mitchell fill that role or do they have enough? And it looks like they do, but I still have some question marks. Definitely some interesting parallels from this team to that to that Hawks team for sure. They're they're running the regular season really well here. They got a nice well-oiled machine, but yeah, how does that pan out against LeBron or Kawhi and PG or whoever they match up with? This team is so much better than that Hawks team. I find that offensive if I'm a Jazz fan, which I, I, I kind of am a Jazz fan. But I, I mean, it's fair to have question marks about it. There's obviously question marks about it. I think when I said a couple weeks ago that the only way the Jazz get out of the West is if they get the one seed because I don't think they can beat the Clippers followed by the Lakers, but I think they can beat one of them, particularly the, the Clippers if the Clippers can knock out the Lakers. Anyways, we'll see. Like I said, the Jazz are going to be interesting and we'll find out a lot about them this week. But today we're going to be talking about the Sixers who the Jazz play tomorrow. So the 76ers sit in first in the East right now. They have lost two straight to the Blazers and to the Suns. But again, they are in that first place slot in the East. They do have a new coach. They do have some new pieces out there in Philly that they didn't have in previous years. Do you guys think that the Sixers are more for real this year? Or do you think that it's going to be more of the same in the playoffs from them as in previous years? Yeah, so preseason, I think I said, and I think we all kind of agreed that this was the best the Sixers have been since the post-process era. Um, they have a they injected some championship DNA right with with Doc joining the team uh, with Danny Green, who's been on a few championship teams. Um, they put some pieces that made a little bit more sense uh, around their stars. Uh, ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, Seth Curry has been a huge add. He's shooting forty eight percent from three this year um, when he's been on the court. And they got rid of Al Horford, who was not really necessarily fitting what they were trying to do there. So I do think that this is the best Sixers team um, that they've had since they started the process. And they're in the best position to win. Tobias Harris, someone who I don't believe came up last week in the All-Star discussion, is quietly having a fringe All-Star season for them as well. So I think it's the best chance that they've had. But I'm still not sure if I quite believe that they have what it takes to get all the way to the finals with this squad. Uh, there's still some deficiencies with with Ben Simmons, and they're relying a lot on Joel Embiid to win games. He's kind of putting the team on his back, and I'll be curious to see if he can continue doing that. So definitely their best chance, but I'm still not sure if I if I'm completely sold on them being true championship contenders this year. First of all, Tobias Harris is nowhere close to All Star fringe. He's having yeah, a pretty I, good. I agree. Yeah. That's ridiculous. He's having a pretty good season. Like he's like a better season than previous ones, which doesn't mean that much because he hasn't been playing that well uh, since he left Orlando. But well, he's a, he's a good player. He's a I good think player. He just gets a ton of shit because of his contract. He's one of those guys that's never ever going to live up to his contract. Yeah, and All Star yeah. doesn't care about your contract. And the dude's Dude, averaging twenty seven and three on basically fifty forty ninety splits on the top team in the East. So. You know, uh, he wasn't on my list, but he's certainly in the discussion. And I just wanted to. He's not in the discussion. He didn't 20, come up in the discussion last week. Right. 27 and three and like under under a steal and a block per game. Get out of here. For All-Star, he's nowhere close. Regardless, he's going to be very important for them going to the championship. My boy Starbucks, Ben Simmons, is going to have an All-Star performance here. And uh, as he is, and Embiid's going to follow through with that. I do worry a little bit because I look at their depth and I don't see that many like six man type players on that team. Obviously, uh, 
Maxi has stepped up a little bit this season, but they don't have anyone outside that starting five that can truly make a huge difference. And I do worry about that. Shake um, Milton says what's up. Yeah, I still I'm still not sold on Shake Milton. I think he's a good player, but when I look at championship team, I like to see someone very solid in that six seven role. And Shake can fill that sometimes, but I still worry. So I think I think they're definitely championship caliber. And they're playing really well. And I, I talked about this a couple of weeks ago on the podcast that they would need to get the one seed, in my opinion. Even though there are no fans right now, their home record has always been dominant. And I think that's really the only chance that they have in going to actually play for a title and win a title this year is if they, they have that extra confidence. Yeah, they really don't seem to like traveling, regardless of whether there's fans in the building or not. So my take on it is I think that there's a little bit of an overreaction on how good they are this year in comparison to previous years. I think they are probably slightly better because of the, the ads like the Danny greens and the South Curry's that I think were good moves. And we talked about in some previous podcast episodes, but if you look at their record, they're 18 and nine, they've won 66% of their games. They're really not on pace to be any better from a record perspective than they were two and three seasons ago when they were at their best 27, 2018, they won 64% of their games, 2018, 2019, they won 63% of their games. So I don't know that they're really that much better. And I I still don't think they're going to come out of the East. I think I've probably flip flopped on that back and forth, but this morning I'm saying, no, I don't think that they're going to make it. I think one of those other teams in the East, like the Nets bucks or Celtics will actually be able to beat them in a series still. I agree with that. And also, can they can they keep it up? Embiid has been rested a good amount. He's only played 22 of the games. You know, can he stay healthy and can they continue this pace of of resting him a decent bit and and still winning games? I'm not sure, but I'm not sure if that's relevant to the contender discussion, because as Don said, it, it doesn't necessarily matter. The regular season doesn't necessarily matter. It's about what they can do in the playoffs and how healthy they are there. Yeah, I just Dude, I like- the regular season does matter. I hate the concept of the regular season does not matter. I hate that. It definitely matters. Of course, everyone gets judged by the playoffs, but it absolutely matters. Like you look at last year, the Clippers weren't playing that great in the regular season, but everyone was like, oh, in the playoffs, they'll turn it on. They've got the best roster. They're going to win. And they lose to the Nuggets. It definitely matters. You have to figure things out in the regular season. You got to try things out. But like it, I just, I just hate how it's like. I mean, the regular season in the NBA is just completely discarded by something. I mean, to that to that point, the Clippers were second, were they not in the West last year? And so they they might have not quote unquote figured it out, but they still were pretty solid. And then in the end, it didn't matter because they weren't prepared in the playoffs. So, but even still, they were they were considered to have been underperforming in the regular season last year with the roster that they had. I don't think anyone is saying the regular season doesn't matter at all, right? We're not saying at all. Because obviously it does matter. Okay. And I agree with that. Like it doesn't really matter for the Lakers as much as for all these other teams, but it still matters. And I just, it just, it, it annoys me. Not, not even from like from us, but a lot of casual NBA fans always make that comment of the, the, the regular season doesn't matter. And it just really irks me. So you, you lit a fire for me on that today. Take out that fire on your Valentine, not your Valentine. <laughs> Oh, I will. (laughs) (laughs) One thing about the 76ers, too, is they've beat the Heat back-to-back. They beat the Celtics back-to-back. They beat the Nets by, like, it was 15 or something like that. But but I like what I'm seeing. I think there's definitely a lot of promise. It's just I think we all have question marks as if they can make it. 
Yeah, and, and and the one thing that I do think is noticeably different this year for the Sixers is that Embiid is playing better than he ever has. He's in the MVP conversation. I know his name was floated around in MVP conversations before in the past, but I think this is the first year where it's truly a chance that he could win MVP. Now, I think they're going to have to keep the pace that they've started with now. He's going to have to stay on the floor more for him to really have a chance. But Embiid's play is the difference between this season and say two, three years ago, if you truly believe that there is that much of a difference, right? I think he's the glue for this squad. I know some people would argue that it's Ben Simmons. I think for the most part, that argument's starting to settle and everyone's starting to lean towards this is Embiid's team. Which leads us into our next topic, which is our early season MVP votes. So guys, the MVP vote is kind of a controversial topic every single year everyone has their own opinions and one of the reasons why i think that that always is is that mvp is a very ambiguous definition in some people's world it's the best player right in a vacuum who's the most valuable player some is who's the most valuable player to their specific team right so there's a lot of different definitions and based on those definitions i think people vote differently and then you've got the Voter fatigue for some guys that have won several times. They think other people deserve an opportunity to have MVP. But I'm going to let you guys go with whatever definition you think it is, because that seems to be how most people vote, right? Is off is using that ambiguity and just voting based on what they think the definition means. So, guys, I want to know who your top three NBA MVP picks are as of right now. And this is not a prediction. This is who you think should win, not who you think will win. Got it. Okay, I'll go first. So first, my definition of, of MVP is most important, best player on a really good team, if not like the best team, right? It's the most valuable player on a very valuable team. So in my mind, there's typically in 90, 95% of cases, a cutoff for like the top two teams in each conference. I don't think a, a bad team can really have an MVP. I don't know if I agree with Russell Westbrook winning it a couple of years ago just because he averaged the 30-point triple-double. I think you need to be winning to be MVP unless it's an insane circumstance, right, where your team is absolute garbage and everyone knows it and you're just through pure iron will dragging a bad team, you know, into relevance. So before I give my my top three with, with that, bad team comment in mind i am going to give honorable mentions to dame and steph who are putting up monster seasons with bad teams that without them they they probably wouldn't be anywhere but they're not on my list my list is number three Embiid, who if he played every game i think would potentially be number one here but he sat a lot more than some of the other candidates uh, but he's having a hell of a season Number two is ignoring voter fatigue. I don't believe in voter fatigue. If you're the best player every year on a valuable team, then I think you should get it. You know, I think it's kind of unfortunate for players like Michael and LeBron where people just get bored of voting for you. But, you know, when you look back in history, they really are MVPs a lot. So Giannis is my number two. I know he's won it twice in a row, but he is absolutely critical to that team. He's balling this year. He hasn't really taken a step back, but he's just out of the conversation, I think, because he's won it twice in a row. And this year is, you know, pretty similar. And then my number one is actually going to be the king of voter fatigue and the king of basketball right now, LeBron James, who has made the Lakers look absolutely terrifying. 
he's balling. He's 36 years old and he still looks like the best player in the league. He still looks like the most important player in the league and the Lakers are number one with him doing that. So, um, I was surprised to see that Vegas had him as the number one favorite, but you know, when you, when you look at everything, when you look at how the Lakers are, you know, getting a strong start to the season and, you know, I I keep bringing his age up and it shouldn't matter because it's MVP, not like best story, but the dude is averaging 26, eight and eight into the back half is his thirties. That's just absolutely incredible. And I think he should be recognized if the award was, you know, given today. Yeah. So your biggest disagreement with Vegas is actually the Giannis pick at number two. Currently Giannis is uh, the sixth most likely to get his third MVP this season. Yeah. Yeah. And one more thing before, actually, before we were going to, um, have this discussion Jokic was in my in my top two because he's statistically having an incredible season but he just doesn't make the cutoff of you know his team's not performing well enough and the expectations for his team aren't low enough where he can be considered carrying that team to where they are now and so it's an underperforming Nuggets team with a solid supporting cast are his stats absolutely beautiful and in a vacuum number one potentially yes but I'm just not going to put someone on my list when they're, you know, fighting for a playoff seat on what's supposed to be a really good team. Interesting. Don, what do you have to say about that? Well, that's a nice transition into my takes. Uh, first of all, I thought MVP was most valuable pal. So like I wasn't really doing any NBA votes today. <laughs> Did I win? But, uh, no, but you, were, <laughs> you, I'll give you a special mention later. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> Yeah, some interesting takes there because Jokic is on my list. So, uh, number three, I do have Giannis, one of my favorite players, back-to-back MVP. Two is Joel Embiid. I think he's having, obviously, an MVP-type season. He is not playing as many games as we'd like him to, but at the same time, the 76ers are in first place, um, and you have to respect the play that he has been doing. And obviously, if there is no injury, then good for them. And he should probably end up being the MVP if he continues this performance and they get the one seed because what he's doing on the court is absolutely dominant. Uh, I'm picking Jokic for the, the first MVP ballot. And the reason so is because it's still early in the season. I know the right now the Nuggets are un, underperforming, but there is still a lot of games to be played. Whoa, and I whoa, believe- whoa, whoa, whoa. We're giving the award as if the season ends today, I thought. Everybody has their own definition of MVP. Yeah, I'm not going to vote today as if it's ending today because even if it ended today, when I see that team, I see Jokic running it completely. And I think they have a lot more wind in the sails down the road. But as you said yourself, if you look in a vacuum, those numbers are out of this world. And when you watch him, he put up 50 points the other day. When you watch him play, he is the most dominant player on the court. And when he plays against other superstars, he still looks like the most dominant player on the court. And I think it's time for him to get some love. But because the Nuggets aren't as good as the Lakers or as good as the Bucks or the 76ers, he is pushed down in the MVP race. And I get that as everyone's definition is different. But the man deserves some respect. I'm going to give him the respect with that number one place because he's been balling out for multiple years and he's having a fantastic year. And I, I believe he he deserves that spot because I think he is the most valuable player in the NBA. That That's spicy and... And don't you ever deny my love for Jokic, especially on Valentine's Day. How, Delco, how dare you? Delco's love for Jokic is fake. It knows yeah, no bounds. No special mention? Where's the special mention? Nothing. Nothing. So, his only mention is that he's not on his list. <laughs> yeah. So disrespectful. Wow. Wow. Just ruining my you've Valentine's all, Day. You've always hated Jokic. 
So how, my thought was, how can I vote a guy for MVP when he's third in his division behind the Jazz and the Blazers? And All right, so I, I think I'll probably end up breaking the tie here with, with my vote. So let me just go and, and we'll continue the conversation from there. At number three for me is a guy that no one's mentioned. I've got KD at number three. And the reason being is I think that KD is the most important player on the Nets by far. <laughs> Uh, I don't love the guy by any means, but the dude is just so good. Is there a piece of me that's probably voting for him at number three because he's coming off of an Achilles injury and what he's doing based off of that is incredible? Probably. But I'm not giving him the number one vote. I'm just giving him a, a number three vote because I think he deserves the recognition. My number two, and this is where the tie is going to get broken, so it's going to break the news of who my number one is here. I've got LeBron number two. And so I I agree with everything that you said. There's voter fatigue on LeBron. LeBron has an argument to win it every single year. He's obviously the best player in the league. He's been the best player in the league for a long time. Most years, it's hardly debatable. But I just think that Jokic right now deserves to be the MVP. The way that he's performing is incredible. The way that he gets everybody involved on the team is incredible. Yes, the Nuggets aren't playing great. I think a lot of that has to do Jamal Murray is just not playing great right now. The chemistry between them is, is not been good. Jamal Murray has been out quite a bit as well. He's not healthy, um, but I'm not going to get too wrapped up in the fact that the nuggets are currently the seven seed. They're three games out of being the four seed and the West is stacked. So by East season's end, they could very well be much higher in that Western conference. And so I'm, I'm going with Jokic. I think he deserves it this year. I obviously won't be upset if LeBron wins it, but I'm cheering for Jokic to get it. No one gave me the memo that we uh, were looking forward and saying what we thought could happen. So if Jokic, you know, pulls the Nuggets back to another two or three seed or something with with this stat line, it's it's hard to argue it. He's absolutely balling and he passes the eye test on the court. Uh, I don't know if I quite go to the level and say he is so utterly dominant that there's points in the game where you're like, there's nothing that can be done. Like he does it quietly, right? The way he racks his stats up you can watch a whole Jokic game and feel like he was quiet and then look at the box score and see like 30 15 and 15 whereas with Embiid and LeBron you're watching and you're just like wow nothing can be done about this unless he cools off his on his own like the other team just can't do anything about it and I don't necessarily have that same feeling with with Jokic but the stat line is nice sounds like a lot of Jokic hate from a, a fantasy pal right there you know, first of, first of all, Ryan, I, I misread my list. You were definitely higher on the most valuable pal um, performance so, list. I thought yeah. so. As soon as you said Jokic, I, I looked into your eyes and I knew, you know, there's that connection. Me and Ryan agree like once every month. Neither of you do, are on my it's list. It's a beautiful moment. Yeah, when we do, it, it's like all is right in the world. And then Delka is just watching from the corner. <laughs> but I can. Pl- I'm always can pl- watching, Don. <laughs> Don't I know it? It's hard not to put LeBron up there. It's hard not to put Steph Curry up there. This is like one of the hardest years to do it because we're in a condensed month or a condensed season, and there's so many games and there's so many superstars that are elevating their game. Like Dame, I didn't even mention Dame, but Dame is also having a fantastic year. I just think when you look at it as a whole the most special player to me as well right now is Jokic like he just does things on the court like like you mentioned uh, Delco that is not seen but is so important and I think that's a an element that is 
you know, is characteristic of an MVP type player. And I think he deserves it this year. Yeah, he's definitely a different kind of superstar, right? He's not super athletic. He's a below the rim player, which is odd for a seven footer, you know, but he influences the game in, in a bunch of different ways. He doesn't have to score to be the best player on the floor. And I think that's one of the most impressive parts about him, especially considering he's a center and he's seven feet tall. But he can he's score. Freakishly efficient too. Like just unbelievably efficient. I mean, he can right. he can put up 30, 35 without missing a shot. He's done it before, you know. And it's and to your point, it's a very quiet 30, oftentimes as well. Uh sometimes you you don't even notice how many points he has until the fourth quarter comes and he's like, Okay, I gotta start getting some buckets. Yeah, I'm I'm sure Granny will do an end of year MVP vote. We'll probably pull in some more votes for that one. Probably get Biz back on the show for that. But I wouldn't be shocked if if Jokic uh, is a serious contender there. You know, if he can get the Nuggets back on track. But I, I'll tell you right now, if they're third in their own division. He will not be in my top five. I don't care if he's averaging, you know, twenty twenty and twenty. It's just you got to win games to be an MVP in my mind. It's hard. My, the West the West is so stacked and it's such a cluster though. Does that matter it at is, all? but it's it's it does matter. But it's stacked because there's other incredible players having incredible performances, you know. And and the Nuggets just aren't, you know, they have enough talent where Jokic dragging them to a seventh seed is not enough for me. Like if it was a bunch of no names, a bunch of Dealey guys, and he was having a season like this and dragging them to a seventh seed, maybe. But there's too much talent on that team for for that to be enough for me. So I, I'm going to need the Nuggets to be in a better position for Jokic to get MVP votes as much as I love the guy. <laughs> Sounds like it. Delgo only eats Wagyu and like 1957 <laughs> <What>? Merlot. <laughs> he only wants the finest of the finest. Also, we didn't talk exactly. about this, but Ryan, Kevin Durant. <laughs> what? Yeah, you don't, you don't get a vote, I, Ryan. Yeah, like what I, do you mean I, what? I What's wrong with that? I appreciate the comeback season he's had, but this isn't a petty vote. Like he is no, he's not even in the top eight, maybe 10. Like he's not, he's, he's number four in the Vegas odds right now. So it's not a ridiculous thing for me to put him at number three. I'll I'll be shocked. I'll be shocked if he's anywhere near there because a, he's also sitting a lot of games. I just don't know. How can you vote most valuable player for a guy who's going to consistently be planning on sitting out games where like and then Kyrie and Harden step in and it's like he never left. Like is he amazing? Yes. Is he on the list of best 3 to 5 players in the NBA from a talent perspective? Yes, but most valuable player cannot be someone who is going to sit out all back-to-backs, who's going to rest a lot and who can lean on Kyrie and Harden all year. Sorry, I'm just not going to vote for that. I just completely disagree, right? If they don't need him to play, that's fine, right? You have to keep him healthy. He's still incredibly valuable when he's on the floor. And I think he's the most valuable person on the Nets who I think will end up winning the East. So that's why I've got him on my list. And I think he's going to continue to prove the point that he's probably the second best player on the planet. I won't argue that. Dude can hoop. All right. Any other final comments on our MVP list? One thing that's interesting is we only had one common vote and that was LeBron was on all three of our ballots. Nothing else. It's like he doesn't even listen to me. I swear to God. Oh, Sometimes when I, I thought, look at you, I, well, you gave him an honorable mention. I think you're lost into the gaze of my eyes or something. But you, you know, your pal vote just kind of took, oh, a, took re- a ding. Recap, <laughs> recap your three then. Why don't you recap my three, Ryan? I but, can't clearly. The sexual. <laughs> <laughs> 
for those not on video, the sexual tension is palpable on this call. <laughs> it was it's making me quite uncomfortable. It was Giannis at three and beat it. Making Delco jealous. Let's be real. He's sweating. Uh, Gian- Gian- Giannis at three and beat at two. Jokic at one. Okay, I apologize. So, can it be wish time real quick? Can we go to fantasy land for a second? I, I stay there permanently. Let's so. let's say let's say Lamelo continues his pace of starting stats, which is about like twenty six and six, could potentially be like twenty one seven and seven, and the Hornets finish as a three or four seed. Is he in the conversation at least? Is he in a top 10 MVP vote? No. Okay. Flat, no. Zero chance. Not happening. Yeah, I mean, like, I think my dick, like, pulsated, but it didn't, like, stay erect. So <laughs> I, I don't think... <laughs> it, moved. Know, <laughs> yeah, it moved. Yeah, it moved. <laughs> I mean, he's definitely rookie of the year. I think he leads all rookies in, in points, assists, rebounds. Uh, like, there's, like, 10 other categories. He's definitely rookie of the year, but... He's, he's he's not game bred like that yet. At we, the end of the day, I can say on Valentine's Day that I made it move for Don. I'll take that one to the bank. Don, you got a great dick. <laughs> and with that, I think we're going to move on to our Granny Fantasy segment. But before that, we're going to take a quick break. Granny shot. All right, guys. Granny Fantasy segment for this week. Don, what do you got? I have very little. My fantasy team is is hurting right now. Garbage. Uh, it's not hot garbage. I just uh, I made a big trade recently. I was backing on Mitchell Robinson having an, a nice continued year, and he fractured his hand. So he's out four to six weeks. If you're in a competitive league, this player is already gone. If you're not and you're in a scrub league, pick up Nerlens Noel. He has honestly top 30, top 40 player caliber. Um, in him, if he can get good minutes, the guy can put up crazy defensive stats. He's efficient, low turnover, high rebound, uh, especially with the minutes that he's getting. So I'd look at Nerlens. I wouldn't look as much at Taj Gibson, but you know the head coach has definitely been talking about giving him more minutes. And when he's on the floor, he can do a lot of the small things well. So maybe look into Taj a little bit. But biggest recommendation for this week is definitely going to be Nerlens Noel as a pickup if he is available. Yeah, Nerlens is number one on my list too. The the dude gets stocks like crazy, steals and blocks. Um, he can do it in limited minutes. So if he can start and get even twenty six to thirty minutes, then he can win you those categories. So definitely sprint out and grab him if he's still available. Beyond that, I'm looking at a few other names here. So the first is Daniel Tice. I think I've mentioned him before. Um, he's really kind of coming into his own, kind of carving a nice role for himself with the Celtics. And he's going to be a good source of of blocks and field goals without hurting you on turnovers. I've definitely mentioned him before, but he's still available in a lot of leagues. And then I'm also looking at some Clippers players. So Paul George is dealing with a toe injury. Not exactly sure what it is or how long he'll be out. But in the meantime, if uh, Lou Williams or Nick Batum are available, they're going to be getting those minutes. They're going to be seeing usage bumps. So I would definitely go and grab them. Another guy I'm I'm kind of experimenting with, which is, you know, Valentine's Day experimentation. But Gallinari, he's always been a strong player. He's gotten off to a slow start, but his minutes are ramping up. I would add him for a couple games. He's got a four-game week this week and see if he can't become the Gallinari we all know and love. You know, elite free throws, good points and threes, decent rebounds. He's had a bad season, but the minutes seem to be trending upward, so I would keep an eye on him. And then finally, Wendell Carter Jr. He's questionable today. He's been out for a while. We weren't sure how 
long he would be out, but it looks like he could be returning sh- shortly and um, he can be a good source of elite rebounds from the waiver wire. Yeah, so from my perspective, I'm just going to look at it from a schedule perspective. I'm looking at the the games early in the week. There's two teams that have games Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And I like that as a strategy to kick off your week. And then you can probably drop them and stream some other teams later in the week that have more games then. So those two teams are the Nets. And a couple of guys that are probably still out there for the Nets are Bruce Brown, who's been drawing the start and played well against the Warriors. And also Jeff Green, who gets a lot of minutes and has the ability to bring in some nice stats here and there. And then the other team is the Heat. I really like Kelly Olenek this week. I think Olenek could be a nice add for a lot of people. His minutes have been going up. He's a nice source of assists for a center as well as threes. And again, you can keep them for just four nights and then dump them on Thursday night once games start. Yeah, and and Thursday is going to be an important night because there's only, I believe, six games on Thursday. And it's surrounded by really heavy game loads on Wednesday and Friday. So getting those guys who play on Thursday could could be big for your week. Agreed, agreed. Any other fantasy callouts? I have some Valentine's Day fantasies, but they're not appropriate for this podcast. (laughs) Okay. All right. Let's move into our granny quiz question of the week. You guys heard the question earlier. I'm going to reread it here. I'm going to go on record and say, I think this is the easiest one yet. So I'm going to be disappointed if you guys don't get it. Again, the question, as always, is themed around what we've talked about today, which was the MVP race. And the question was, Giannis, the Greek freak, is the reigning back-to-back MVP and was the fourth international player to receive the MVP award. Several international players, including Nikola Jokic, Joel Embiid, and Luka Doncic, have a strong case to add their name to that list this year. Who were the other three international MVPs? I think I know them all. Go ahead, Don. Um, <laughs> all right, I know two. I'm just trying to think what the third would be. Uh, so smart now, are you? For the record, you. Don leads 3 to 1.25 in the Granny Quiz Question of the Week standings. Allegedly. Uh, so Dirk is Some, one. <laughs> Dirk is one. Dirk Nowitzki uh, out of Hakeem, Germany. Hakeem. Hakeem Olajuwon is one as well out of Nigeria. All right, let me let me do the last one because I knew those two. It's, well, it's, does Don know it? I I believe you, Delco, that you knew them all. We got it. We got to keep honest here. You guys are on video. I can tell if you're lying uh, or not. Yeah, le- I, I can I see can't. by Don's eyes that he doesn't know. He looks yeah, at and lost. But let me think. You're gonna Maybe. be pissed. At, you're gonna be pissed at yourself, Don. Go for it, Delco. Steve Nash. That's correct. The Canadian back-to-back, Steve Nash. I'm taking all three of those points. Delco four, Don three. Let's go. (laughs) Don gets two, Delco gets three. And Delco's still behind. Yeah, but it's a tighter race now. Yeah, Steve Nash, back-to-back. He's the only other person aside from Giannis that has won back-to-back in the race from an international player. Steve Nash is uh, quite the, the journeyman. He was born in South Africa to parents from the uk and moved to canada who he represented at a national level through most of his career he's also a tottenham fan go spurs spurs are trash (laughs) (laughs) take that back we are trash though that's actually completely true all right guys anything else to close us out here no i hope you guys have a a good palentines and valentines that's that's all i can hope you know in 2021 that's all we got each other Gosh, so lame. Hold your lovers close. Hold your pals closer. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So that's going to close us out for today. As always, be be sure to check out our Twitter at GrannyNBA. We're also on Instagram now. Check us out there at GrannyShotNBA. 
You can always give us an email, grannyshotmba at gmail.com. Send us any comments, feedback, whatever. And please be sure to follow us or subscribe wherever you listen to your pods. Again, thanks for listening, everybody. Happy Valentine's Day. We'll talk to you next time.